Greetings to all my cool cats and cool kittens. They try to copy our style, but they stay frostbitten. You are now tuned to the sounds of MaximumFM.ca. It is your man, DM Cool. And welcome to Cool Radio. What we doing? You can catch me on your TV, even on the radio. My Robert Lombard's back, and I'm right away, go. We invaded airwaves. Ladies and gents, we have a lot to get to on tonight's palette. All right. You guys already know we're talking Drake versus Pusha T uh, for the bulk of today's show. So before we get into the meat of things, let's just kind of remind everyone how this the heat of it all at the very least got started. Uh, and it started off with Drake dropping this gem of a freestyle and it's called Doppy. And it's only on Cool Radio. Yeah. Uh, yes, yes, yo, welcome back to the show. Once again, it's your man DM Cool. And this is Cool Radio. Oh, you didn't know? Your ass better call somebody! Indeed, indeed. Tell a friend to tell a friend that we're live on the airways right now, and we have a lot to get to on tonight's show. Um, we got my man, special guest in the studio, studio, no friend, or sorry, no stranger to uh, Cool Radio. He goes by the name of 40. Uh, we're going to talk to him about music that he's been putting out lately, and as well, he's going to give us his take on the whole Drake versus Pusha T uh, fiasco that we're in right now. It's getting heated right now. Um, it's gonna be it's gonna be some good stuff. But we'll have him chime in around the eight forty five mark, most definitely. So keep be patient, be patient. You know, because uh, you're definitely gonna want to hear his take as well as our takes on it. Um, other than that, man, the whole trip talk segment will be dedicated to the entire Pusher versus uh, Drake scenario. So please. Stay tuned for that because we're going to be delivering a lot of good commentary for you. But before we get to all of that, you guys already know, man. I got some stuff to get off my chest right now. So I think it's time to let that ish breathe. Let this bitch breathe. All right. So the only other thing that is exciting besides from Drake versus Pusha T is the NBA Finals. And for the fourth year in a row, we got Cavs. Versus Warriors. Now, a lot of people are complaining, oh, Cavs versus Warriors again, fourth time, and again, and again, what? Me, like, I, I don't really care at this point. I mean, yes, it's cool to see different things here and there, but on the flip side, if you're, like, a true diehard dedicated sports fan, you have to understand that this has never been done before, not only in the NBA, but never before in any other, like, major team sports. We've never seen the same team face off against each other four years in a row. So while people are complaining about, oh, super team this, super team that, you really shouldn't be complaining about super teams. You should be complaining about other teams who aren't stepping their games up. Talk to your GMs. Where your GM at? GM at? Like, tell them to get some, some, some third superstar on your team if that's the case. Like, I mean, if you ask me, I'm looking at your GM and being, you know, on my Killmonger talking about, is this your GM? Is this your GM? So, like, tell them to step their game up. I mean, shout out to Daryl Morey of the Houston Rockets because he added Chris Paul to the, to the Houston Rockets and look how far they got. So, that's, anyways, that's besides the point. Um, I want to talk about what transpired in that first game last night, all right? As of this recording, um, this was a day after game one, all right? And the game was close. Mind you, 
Uh, Golden State had their third quarter heroics once again, but Cleveland made a game out of it. Some questionable calls down the stretch as well, very questionable to say the least. Not the call itself, but the timing of the call and what have you. Most, most, uh, mostly referring to that that charge that LeBron got, or the the blocking foul that that he accumulated rather, and how they switched the uh, the the ruling on it because of the instant replay. That got it a little bit muddy, but nothing was more more. I don't want to say disappointing. I want to say more puzzling. Nothing was more puzzling than when J.R. Smith, good old J.R. Smith, got the rebound off of a, off of a missed free throw attempt by uh, by George Hill, and then as he got the ball, he had about I want to say seven eight seconds left roughly, and my guy got the ball and he had two or three options. He a could have put up a floater right after grabbing that rebound. B Call the timeout so that they can actually set up a play, or C, wait till the open man goes into the corner, whether that be George Hill or Kyle Korver or whichever sniper they have on the floor, or hell, just give it to LeBron easily. But what does this guy do? He dribbles it out. He tries to waste the time, like dribbling out the clock like he's Bob Cousy. And then you got LeBron talking about, yo, yo, pass the ball, pass the ball, pass the ball. And then he passes it by the time it's too late. And then LeBron's just like, what were you doing? What were you doing? And my man's like, oh, uh, I thought we were up by one. <laughs> and then from overtime, it was a wrap. I mean, Golden State ran away with it to them. They treated it like an extra quarter. And that was a very deflating defeat. And I feel like that game might set the standard for the rest of the series for the Cavaliers going forward. To me, it ironically reminded me of game one between the Cavs and the Raptors in the second round when the Raptors were up by so much, but then by that fourth quarter, they were just laying brick after brick after brick and then lost in overtime because their confidence got shot. I feel like Cavaliers kind of had a Raptors moment in that regard, ironically enough. And if they're not careful, this could define their entire finals run of this year. And if that's the case, yeah, J.R. Smith, he will be public enemy number one. So... JR, you are lucky you're not the Wanks of the Week this year. You are very close to being the Wanks of the Week, but someone talked to you on that, so consider yourself saved. But nonetheless, get off the Henny. Start wearing a shirt in public one of these days. And for God's sake, stop smoking so much damn weed. A little, a little, a little, a little Mary Jane every now and again isn't too bad, but if you got a hot box right before the game, like it clearly looked as if you were doing, because that wasn't the first mistake you were doing, then yeah, something's wrong. I mean, we're talking about a guy who got a rebound and missed an opportunity to, to win game one for his team. The man gambled on a pass attempt to Steph Curry, which he later cashed on by shooting a three-pointer at the end of the second, uh, first half. rather. And then this man did a slip and slide into Clay Thompson's leg. That one could be deemed accidental. That one's a little iffy. Like, I might be able to give him a pass for that. But nonetheless, your entire highlight reel of last night's game was your own personal edition of Shaq and the Fool. So you need to fix up real quick. But nonetheless, what do you guys think? Do the Cavs still have a chance in this series? Is it going to be a sweep? Can they do something about it? Will J.R. Smith be a Cavalier by next year? <laughs> or LeBron? Either way, hit me up on Twitter at CoolRadioCC to share your thoughts. Coming up after the commercial break, I got my man Forty in studio. We're going to be talking new music with him, what plans he's been up to since his last appearance on Cool Radio, and all that good stuff. And while we're doing that, we're going to get to one of his records right now, just to warm things up. And this one's called Hustle and Flow, and it's only on Cool Radio. Yeah. 
Uh, yes, yes, y'all. Welcome back to the show. Once again, it's your man, DM Cool. And you're now tuned into Cool Radio. And as promised, I have my guest for the evening. This gentleman is no stranger to Cool Radio. The man was here some time ago last year, and uh, he was talking about a new project that he's putting out. That put project has come out since then. He's been getting like, a lot of good reviews off of it, been doing a lot of performances and all that good stuff, and uh, more things have launched since then. So we're going to talk about all the new yeah. movements that he's been up on thus far and what movements he has come up in the future and all that good stuff. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm talking about the man that we were just bumping to right now, Mr. Hustle and Flow himself, 40 North. 40, yeah, yeah, yeah. welcome to the show. Thank you, Mr. Cool. How are you, DM? I'm cool. good, man. I'm good. I'm blessed right now. I'm heating up in the, in this room right now because the weather is spicy, but it's all good, though. Oh, it's, it's all good. It's about time, you know. Nice switch up from that cold Toronto weather. Exactly. Finally, a little bit of warm summer, spring. There That's you what go. I'm talking about. That's what's up, man. So yeah, like like I was saying, man. Like last time you're here, you're promoting the new project. The new project has been out since then. You've been getting like a, a lot of good reception to it. Like how how's it feel so far? Yeah, that project aforementioned is simply complex. First LP that I dropped. Um, before that, we had a crew. I'm from the community, Calm Music. Shout out to Prue, shout out to Xander, shout out to the whole squad, BMO, Steezy, everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we dropped this compilation album, The Takeover, about in 2016, or tw- yeah, 2017, I think. And then um, that was doing some good numbers. And then after that, I wanted to do a solo LPs, mm-hmm. get out there. So we dropped Simply Complex. That came out. It was. Uh, a good collection of different sounds. Uh, I'd like to say kind of very eclectic, a lot of versatile, different types of beats in there. Um, that's why I, I called it Simply Complex, because quite simply it's a complex variety of sounds and whatnot right. coming together. Um, from stuff like Hustle and Flow that right. we just played to uh, the track I played last time we were here, uh, Holla Out of Player, which yeah. got more of a funky groove to right, it. Right. And then I got stuff that's a little more R&B, a little more soul, and then a little more trappy and whatnot because yeah. um, in general, I'm just a music fan. I don't I like to dabble in all different styles and mm-hmm. I don't discriminate on things. So Right, right. That's what's up. So would you say you know your, your fan base is as complex as, as your latest project, so to speak? You know, it's cool. Um, seeing every now and then when I do a show the type of audience that my music attracts I like to say that is pretty diverse as well mm-hmm. I think it just also takes um, character from this the city we live in here in Toronto you know they say uh, what diversity is our strength mm-hmm. um, we're in a big melting pot of different cultures uh, people from all different backgrounds walks of life that um, even with music it, I like to try to take a similar approach in terms of you know um, drawing inspiration from all different things that may not even seem remotely close or related to each other, mm. but to me, in my own weird way, I like to find inspiration in small things that really, I think, came to life on the album and how bring, brought uh, bring together simply complex as a complete project. Absolutely. So, like, would it be hard for you know, like, new listeners to like pinpoint like a particular sound that you can get from that album? Uh, definitely, I think it's, uh, you could say that I'm still defining my sound. Okay. First project, I, I, I think few artists would be lucky to already have a definitive sound and signature sound on their first project, and it's rare, because oftentimes, you know, I heard, uh, you just play a lot of music till you find your own sound, because yeah. until you rid yourself of all your influences and just create something that's signature. Right. Um, 
I think there's definitely elements where I feel like you could hear maybe some of my influences and other ones where they sound maybe a little more... Uh, I think there's authenticity to all of it, but definitely stuff that maybe sounds like, okay, this is more of something left field that maybe isn't something that maybe I listen to, but just mm-hmm. was naturally inspired to do. Mm-hmm. So it maybe was a little more original in that way. But Right, right, right. Um, definitely, I think if people listen to it, they, they, like I said, I call it simply complex because, you know, it's complexly simple. Yeah. But, uh, but also simply complex where you, there's a lot of different stuff on it, but I think there's a little bit of something for everybody right right and i tried to have that versatility and showcase the versatility on the album by having a good variety of sound Mm -hmm, definitely man now we're talking about sound right now and it feels like the more i guess popular sound or prevalent sound within hip-hop right now would be the trap sound or what have you yeah the deep 808s exactly the deep 808s and then not only that but like the subject matter with like a lot of these rappers these days is like celebrating like like drug use and what have you um so you got like your little pumps you got your Little Zans, like everything with a little in front of it these yeah, days, my right? Home, my homie's a big fan of Lil Pump. You, you shout, big fan shout out of to Josh. You know, <laughs> they big where, Lil where? Pump fans and stuff. Where, where? So, so what do they think about J. Cole kind of, you know, sunning him a little bit? What do they think about that? <laughs> oh, uh, they, 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 I'm totally trolling. They, <laughs> they, 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 they wouldn't be caught listening to it. But hey, I, 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 on some real shit, yeah. I mess with Lil Pump. I don't give a fuck what anybody tell me. Right, right, right. Um, all these new school rappers, you know, I have, like I said, I could appreciate, it's all music and it's all art at the end of the day. And, mm-hmm. you know, um, I listen to it, like, uh, between, like, you were talking about J. Cole and Lil Pump, the whole thing. It's just like, you know, I get it because mm-hmm. I remember, like, if you look at, um, I, I'm a big music, like, history buff, kind of. Yeah, but yeah. If you look at, like, how punk was, was like, fuck all this hard rock and Led Zeppelin bullshit. All these, because back in the 70s, they had long, drawn out fucking eight minute guitar yeah. solos and it just became so grandiose and big and so full of itself. Right. Punk stripped it down and said, fuck that, let's just do two minute songs. Yeah. Let's play it really fast and we don't need to be super amazingly technical, great musicians. Right. We just need to go hard to the point and get the adrenaline going. Yeah. I, way I see like Lil Pump, he reminds me a lot. He's like, yeah, it's like almost like modern punk where it's just like, Fuck trying to be lyrical and draw it out and mm-hmm. make you sit there and have to think about this crazy ass <laughs> fucking philosophical idea I have that I'm trying to get through to you. Yeah. I just want to make you headbang mindlessly going, young kid came with a song. I would even know his records. Like, it's mindless headbombing, but like, shit, like, what's so different between that and like some punk music and metal music, guys that just want. Just something to get their fucking blood flowing and right. bang their heads too. So right, I right, get it. yeah. So you're saying there's different audiences for it, basically. Not yeah. everyone's gonna gravitate towards yeah, it. No, definitely. I think everybody's likes their own, you know, cup of tea. Yeah, everybody's got their own style. Everybody has their own different flavor of music, and mm-hmm. um, you know, head banging mindlessly to stuff isn't for everybody. And mm-hmm. but then also sitting still, listening to this great, you know introspective piece of music is a little bit too in-depth for other people. So right. It's, um, but teach their own. Right. And do you feel like um, it's kind of going to be like a trend that might fade away over time? Because we've had trends like uh, Crunk. We've had the snap music. We've had like the instructional dance music and all that stuff. Like, do you feel like this is going to be like the next trend that's probably going to fade away and then make room for like another trend like going down the line in the next like well, five years? I think there's always an evolution in music and then there's cycles. You just look at 
And I think with hip hop in general, like we're a long way from like these are the breaks. Yeah, like, yeah. You know, like pick it up, pick it up. You know, like <laughs> yeah. There's an evolution in all music, and whether it gets progressively harder or more stripped down, or when you start maybe mixing in different elements, like for example, like that Cardi B record, like it, how it takes a lot of that Latin flavor, mm-hmm. and throws it in, um, but. Like, who knows, maybe, like, you'll hear um, real instruments make a comeback more in, like, in, like, guitars in hip-hop. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, that big record uh, Rihanna had and DJ Khaled with... Uh, oh, the one with uh, Bryson Tiller? Yeah, with Bryson Tiller. Wild Thoughts, I think it's called? Thoughts, yeah, yeah. 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 Pl- the Santana, the Santana symbol. Santana riff from yeah. uh, that old West Side Story song. Yeah. Maria, Maria. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a big record, big record. Oh, yeah, but then it brings back that electric guitar again. Right. A new generation of kids maybe listening to that. But, so maybe, like... With trap, will it fade out? I don't know. Maybe it evolves and becomes even more popular. Maybe it stays, dies out, stagnant. Who knows? Mm. But um, I think you know, hip hop has so many subgenres now, just like any music. Yeah, it just continues to evolve and have so many different branches that you know uh, we're a long way from two thousand and four trap music, Ti. Yeah, yeah. Like if you go put on a little pump record and then go listen to two thousand four trap music Ti or like mm-hmm. an early Jeezy CTE stuff and yeah like Gucci stuff and tell me like you could maybe hear like maybe some influences right. and aspects of it and that was like the early genesis of trap music around that time as well yeah right yeah you know? so like it's it's evolved and then like I think now it's even it as it becomes commercialized as you have more um, urban or like suburban households being normalized and desensitized to trap. Right, right. <laughs> um, I think like you might have stuff that's more melodic. You hear stuff that's more aggressive. Mm-hmm. I just think it continues to just keep morphing into something. Right, right. Until eventually maybe it morphs into something that's unrecognizable. Absolutely. Because look at hip hop, like I said, from the beginning to like, you know, Curtis Blow till now. If you go listen to some of the earliest late seventies and early eighties cuts and what, you know, to t- Takashi Six Nine, <laughs> I wonder what Melly Mel or Curtis Blow would think of. Yeah, they would be like, "What the fuck is this?" <laughs> you know? like, yeah, well, this is a long way from the message. Right? Oh yeah, yeah, they got the wrong message. <laughs> it's <laughs> like, know? no, I didn't tell you to do it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but hey, fuck, man, so each they're all nice. It's so like. But then that, that I think that's the whole thing of music, you know. It's so subjective. Yeah, very, very subjective. It's, absolutely, it's, it's whatever the fuck you want it to be. Right. Because look at like, if all modern North American music you could say really comes out of fucking jazz, gospel, and blues, mm-hmm. and then expanded from there, like how do you get? How do you go from blues to fucking uh, the heavy metal that you get? Right. Right. It was all about just writing a riff and then adding some more distortion and. Mm-hmm. Um, more more drums, more bass. Yeah. Early hip hop was just a boom and a bap and a drum machine. Now you gotta have a whole beat maker. You gotta have if it doesn't have a deep ass eight oh eight that shakes the subs, then it's just like, what is this? This, right. this sounds. This is for the old heads. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> like, exactly. Yeah. I don't want that boom and the bap shit. <laughs> like, like, when am I supposed to just bounce my ball to this? Like, right. Walk down the street with my basketball to the boom and the bap, looking like a Hey Arnold. Opening. Oh my God! Stop the madness! Oh my. God. But it's all good, man. Yeah. Like I, I'm cool with it because I like that shit too. But then also, like in the car today, 
while trolling on my homies, I, uh, I put on some to six nine uh-huh. just to hear the beat bang. And this guy was just fucking all acting salty, like, "Yo, what is this shit? What is this shit?" Right. <laughs> and then what he put on, uh, still don't give a fuck by Eminem right after. So I was like, "Yeah, nice. Yeah, it, it is what it is." Right? I mean, like, because here's the funny thing. Yeah, like you go listen to like, okay, so you talk take Eminem for example. And like, still don't get. I was listening to it. I'm like, and you hear about like the whole Slim Shady character. Yeah. The absurdity and like obscene things that he raps about. Yeah. It's, it's, it's amazing, like, the way he pens together words and like the wordsmanship, the, the, the ability, how he's a wordsmith and the eloquence to put together the syntax and the semantics of structuring words and all that stuff mm-hmm. with a flow. But all the shock value, like, Let's be real. I don't think I, I, the one Eminem line that sticks out in my head is just like, uh, "I don't give a fuck if Jayla was my own mother. I still fuck her in the ass without no rubber." Like, <laughs> oh my god, I, I forgot about that line. Like, I'm just like, okay, like, yeah. Outside of that shock, like, and then like, so he he verbally gives you something that's fucking shocking. Right, right, right. Okay? Yeah, shock value. Okay, and then you got a guy like Six Nine or whatever who just has clown hair. Face tats, yeah. fucked up things. So he vis- visually shocks you, yeah. And like similar to how like Eminem and like Ma- Marilyn Manson back in the day, like they'd had videos together just to for the shock value of, to get the audience going. Everybody's just playing a fucking role on their stage. To exactly. Just, you know whether you're a fucking trying to uh, wing them over with just having shocking uh, subject matter, yeah, or having just a shocking image, right. Or, just something that's striking. Hey, man, if you want to play, like, that's that's how Alice Cooper got over. Right, right. That's how Kiss got over acting over top. That's how Gaga got over. Exactly. That's how some of these rappers get over, just by being like, yo, make being a caricature or by just being this crazy character, you know? And, like, going back to that whole thing you were talking about, like, Lil Pump, Versus J. Cole. It was interesting to hear J. Cole's perspective saying, like, you know, all these kids just do anything for attention and they play this um, uh, a character of what media thinks either like a black stereotype or right. teenagers like these days or what a modern urban kid who acting like all leaned out with the crazy worm color braids, whatever. It's like, yeah, yeah. Know. Yeah, man. I mean, yeah, to each his own at the end of the day, man. And, like, that's a good way to kind of bring everything full circle and what have you uh what we're gonna do now ladies and gentlemen is we are going to go to a commercial break and when we come back from the commercial break my man 40 north and i we're going to break down this uh battle of words between drake and Pusha t and where it's at right now uh before we get to that we're gonna play a record from Pusha t which is the story i've added on which was the next shot that was launched in this war of words between the two so keep it locked we'll be right back this is cool radio yeah Yes, yes, yo, welcome back to the show. Once again, it's your man DM Cool. And this is Cool Radio. I still got my man 40 North in studio right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, man. We're about to get into this, into this topic right now, man. Drake versus Pusha T. It's been a long time coming. They've both been sending subliminal jabs at each other for the longest time, man. Um Many people can argue that it dates back all the way to 2012 when it comes to Drake and Pusha specifically, when Pusha called out Lil Wayne and Cash Money, including Drake, on the record Exodus, where he was basically saying how 
they're all signed to 360 deals and now one guy signed to another guy signed to another guy. I can't remember the other line, but that's basically the, the whole paraphrasing of it. And then basically Drake kind of had to get intervened into it as well. And then now it's all it's led all up to this moment. And right before Drake put out uh, what's the record called? Uh, uh, Duppy. Duppy. There you go. We just played it earlier today. I don't know why I'm blanking now. But but uh, when he, when he uh, put out Duppy before that record came out, it was Infrared where he uh, where Pusha had a subliminal line ready for him. And Drake just said, you know what? This guy's been sending me subs for God knows how long. Like enough is enough. So Drake bit back, and then that gets us to where we are right now. And it's funny if you go even further back into 2003, that's where the rift really began because of the fact that. Uh, when Clips and Pharrell collaborated with, with Birdman for what happened to that boy, Birdman did not pay Pharrell for the beat. Surprise, surprise. So mm-hmm. basically, Clips said, oh, that's how you're doing it? All right, cool. Like, F cash money. And then around the mid-2000s, Lil Wayne, that's when he started to blow up. And he started kind of copying a little bit of their fashion with the Bape clothing line and Billionaire Boys Club clothing line, which is more Pharrell's thing. So... Clips called him out on it on the record Mr. Me Too, which sounds like a dope record on hindsight, but really it's a whole bunch of subliminal jabs at Lil Wayne for being a copycat, basically. So it t- it goes all the way back to then, and now because Drake is signed to Cash Money, it's almost like he's, he's inheriting inheriting that beef all in the name of standing up for his label mate, his label boss, whatever you want to call it. Now, a lot of people have been discussing the both records. Uh, some people are saying that when it comes to the story of Added On record, that Push kind of took it a bit too far when he mentioned 40 and the whole uh, MS situation that he's going through right now. Uh, but, you know, some people will, you know, defer and be like, hey, that's battle rap. You know, it is what it is at the end of the day. So um, 40 North, uh, with you listening to both Duppy and uh, Story of Adidon, like what, what are your initial thoughts right now thus far? Um, first off, I'm just enjoying it as a fan. Right, Seeing, right. Just sitting back and enjoying, watching them just go at it. Um, it's always, I think hip hop culture always loves a good beef, a good battle rap, mm-hmm. um, a, a confrontation. Everybody likes confrontation in general. Right. Um, after listening to it, you know, I, I thought it was, it, I thought they're both entertaining. Um, who's winning? I don't know. Yeah. Who, <laughs> who's to say? It's like, however you want to interpret it. Yeah. Um, people say maybe... Pusha went too far. I'm just like, well, uh, you ever see a king of the dot battle or, yeah. or anything like, uh, like right? In any type of battle rap situation, it seems like anything's on the table. Right. So, like, I I think in that type of battle rap arena, I think like everything's really off the table at that point because yeah. no one's really caring about endorsements or anything like that. Like they are primarily battle rappers. That, yeah. I think we expect them to go to go off the railings of that. When it comes to these guys, like they have so what, what, so. Ma- so do you think that a mainstream they have different guidelines to go by maybe? Um, I wouldn't say different guidelines per se, but I the think parameters? I think there are certain parameters as well because battle rap. I think when it comes to like the actual like the uh, stage or arena for battle rap, yeah. like they're expected to bring up the crowbars and all that stuff, right? Yeah, whereas yeah. whereas with with main sh- with that like whether you want to call it mainstream rap or whatever the case may be, as far as a recording artist, I think the recording artist first, and I'm not saying that they should have any boundaries. Uh, but at the same time, I am saying, however, that like certain things kind of need to be kept between the two artists in particular. So, for example, a lot of people, like I mentioned before, were saying, you know, uh, Pusha may have gone too far with the whole 40 reference, right? Now, in a battle rap arena, we would have expected that. But mm-hmm. in this type of arena right here, because 
that person in particular has nothing to do with the actual beef. It's like, why mention him and why mention that crippling thing that he's kind of going it, through right now? It could be viewed as insensitive, for mm-hmm. sure. But, like, um, I don't think Pusha T got into rapping to worry about other people's feelings. <laughs> I don't think many rappers got into I mean, he's been talking about selling crack for, on his raps for, like, what, like 15 you know, years now? So I think I think he's past like, that boat. <laughs> you know, I don't think many rappers get into business to worry about other rappers. People's feelings, I think, the, and then they right. try to get some money. Well, it depends on what kind of rapper they are, right? Because yeah. a rapper like Pusha T, for example, like th- he has nothing to lose. Whereas Drake, he's like Mister Endorsement Man, essentially. Yeah. yeah. So, and also like, well, opening bars of like Drake's thing, like he was going at Pusha T for his relationship with Kanye and whatnot. Right. Talking about, and then also his relationship with Ma- questioning his legitimacy between Malice and his cousin, like who really. Was hustling and whatnot. Right, right. So he's going at push it, push it. He's going at, you know, I guess not, not really malice, just a good little um, flip of the word. like a like a reference to malice, um, yeah. But then really going at like him and his relationship with Kanye and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And there's no, you know, you could say that the relationship between Kanye and Push is an instrumental one in his career. Some right. to maybe how OVO forties relationship with Drake is some uh, instrumental. Mm-hmm. So now in terms of just roles and capacity, yeah. the severity of the situations and the subject of how they both were involved in the disses maybe could vary and maybe one might be more insensitive than the other or whatnot. But like mm-hmm. I said, this is about like in, in the, uh, this is rap hip-hop in a battle rap set like setting, setting yeah in an arena so to speak somewhat yeah in the, inter- in the internet arena right now let's 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 break it down uh by some of the lines that are mentioned in, in in each record so you mentioned the the lines about him talking about Kanye's relationship and all that let's talk yeah. about Pusha T going at Drake for you know questioning like his own blackness so as we all saw uh, the cover photo for story I added on was Drake and blackface, all right? Yeah. And a lot of people were heavily criticizing Drake for being in blackface. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, there's more context that came out with it. Yeah, so basically, um, yeah, so basically he stated that it was it was basically like an art project that he was doing while he was an actor back in 2007. So this is way before he even blew up. This is while he was still local. Yeah. And basically he wanted to state how there's still racial prejudice in the world when it comes to black actors and how hard of roles it is to get for them unless they they portrayed the roles of the stereotypical black man who does things just for the uh, the entertainment of the larger masses, essentially. Yeah. So I think even despite that context, people still weren't messing with it. And I feel like it's kind of unfair because now the goalpost is almost moving for him in a sense. I feel like it always moves for Drake yeah. and nobody else. Like, Would you feel the same way? I think Drake got haters. So, like, haters gonna hate. Mm-hmm. Um, if If... If it is true, like what he said, where to put it in context, he did that in an attempt to create awareness for the stereotypes and misfortunes that mm-hmm. black actors have to uh, unfortunately deal with in terms of um, the movie industry, film industry, whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. Him trying to raise awareness is, you know, a noble cause and whatnot. Right. If it gets blown out of context and whatnot. It's unfortunate, but that's just how the internet moves. I think. Right, they, right. They, they, they take something and run with it, blow it out of context, yep. out of proportion, and just um, tell the narrative that suits whatever they're trying to sell you. Right. So if they're trying to sell you a bunch of hate and bullshit. Then right. They're gonna stick with that. If they're trying to actually justify it, then th- they'll take time to hear the 
what the picture has, the context behind it, mm-hmm. and then come up with their own decision for it. But you know, e- either way, I, I I look at it and just people who want to hate on him for it. I think those are all the same people that maybe probably wanted to hate on him for wanting to allegedly appropriate Jamaican culture with all this Caribbean. Right, right, right. Or exactly. Or say, oh, you're you're not black enough. You're too licensed. Yeah, yeah, it's it's all the dumb nonsense. Like I feel like Drake gets the un- gets the short end of the stick a lot of times. Basically, like whenever he wants to rep Toronto, uh, a lot of people from here will be like, "Oh no, you're not the one to do it." But then whenever he, when he's not re- repping Toronto, then he's like, "Oh, well, you need to rep Toronto hard enough." It, it's yeah. a it's a very fickle fan base at the end of the day. And like now, I'll be honest. Like when I, when that picture first came out, yeah. first of all, I didn't I didn't even knew anything ha- had happened. Like I had just come from the gym or whatever, yeah. and then someone sent that to me in a text, or, and they're just listing down all these things. And wait, wait. What Drake was in blackface? What? And then they sent me the picture. I was like, "Oh shit!" I'm thinking, "Is this like actually him? Is this Photoshop? Like, what's really going on?" And then, yeah, exactly, yeah. And then, and then I, I, I want to see like, is there a song with this? Like, I don't want it to be another Photoshop beef. So like, there was an actual song that went with it, mm-hmm. and I'm like, "Oh shit!" So I'm thinking now, like at that moment, I'm thinking Drake. We need an explanation. Yeah. What is going on? Like, I, I trust you have one. I'm not going to jump off the, the rail just yet, but I think we need to hear one. And then he came out with one. But again, even then, that still wasn't enough for people, even though it was in proper context. I mean, they're going to hate. Like, like, he said what? That was from, like, what? 2007. 2007. Yeah, so this is, so like, like, comeback, comeback season. season. Exactly, yeah. yeah Replacement comeback. girl and all that. You know, and, he's, and he's talking, and he does a piece about going in blackface about the underrepresentation of black actors in right. the film well in 2007 what black panther didn't only come out so what 2018 so right. maybe there is some uh precedent to what he's saying there is weight to it and whatnot but either, either way like, i look at it it's just like hate is going hate <laughs> right now now let me ask you this like pusha also me- referenced his uh his the, the mother of his child who was an ex-porn star allegedly and basically said that, like, yeah, you, you have a kid, you know, like, like share that kid out to the world, stop being a deadbeat. Do you feel like Drake should have announced to the world that he has his kid? Because we don't even know how old the no. child is or whatever. No. no it, it's because you're a celebrity, do you have to tell everybody, yo, I'm a dad now? Right, no. exactly. Like, maybe he wants to keep it private. What he does with his... With his, you know, life and family life, mm-hmm. that's entirely his prerogative. Yeah, and I, th- you know, I, I, I think, mm-hmm. I think, like that, that's digging. Like, oh, you, that, why, and especially if it's not, if you uh, had a kid in circumstances that maybe you weren't expecting, mm-hmm. maybe one that wasn't necessarily ideal or whatever the situation may be. Right. You don't want to share that with people. That's your right to not want to share it with people. Right. And plus, like, why you wanna? I know me personally, like for I kid, I'm, I try to keep my my kids out of the spotlight. Right, right. So if he has a choice, so I don't want to have a kid and be like DJ Khaled and have him yeah, yeah, parading him, yeah, parade, yeah, let the whole world bask in my child's glory. Right, like then that's it's entirely his prerogative to yeah. do so. And then Absolutely. somebody trying to throw shade on him for wanting to keep you know his family situation on wraps, mm-hmm. you know. It's that that's your judgment call, bro. Me right, right. Your man want to keep his like that's, but hey, man, you want to throw shade on it? Y'all can throw shade on me. Um, I think I, it's to me, it's, it just seemed like uh, that Pusha was just trying to throw shade on him for getting a porn star pregnant. Right, right. And it's just like, 
damn, you know? Exactly. How many times that girl been fucked and you don't... Yeah. That's <laughs> some real shit. Right, right, right. So let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. So we've heard both records right now. Like, I'm not really counting Infrared because there's only like one or two lines that he had for Drake in that. So I'm really more so counting uh, Story of Adidon versus Duppy. Yeah. Who do you think is taking the lead right now? If you, if you had a guess. Well, like, I think musically. Yeah. Like, if we're talking just musically, I think Duppy is more enjoyable, like, as a music. Because, like, what what, what was uh, Addy Don? It was just story of OJ beat. Yeah, right? there's a freestyle, yeah. I haven't heard the, I haven't heard the Duppy beat before. Yeah, Duppy was an original beat from uh, Boy Wonder. There you go. He probably had it in the stash somewhere. Yeah, that's all you need. A yeah. boy, it's a Boy Wonder beat. Yeah. <laughs> boy Wonder beat. Right. That's all, what more you need? It's right. a Boy Wonder. But, but, right. but like, if we're ta- talking about this musically, like, we're, yeah. we're trying to, like, weigh the bars. Strip away the music, right, and go at it. You know, it it's all a matter of it's all matter of perspective, right? Because you know, like mm-hmm. Pusha may have gone at him. You know, they both went at him and his team. They both went at each other pr- with pretty much personals, and in battle raps, I right? Think personals beat jokes, right? You know what? At the end of the day, I feel like. Right now, the series is tied at one, in my personal opinion. Yeah, I feel, I feel like it's tied at one you, you because call, Drake. You call it a stalemate. Yeah, yeah, it's a push. Yeah, it's definitely a stalemate right now because I think Drake hit him, up, hit him up with some truth, basically about like how you know you were never the drug dealer, et cetera, et cetera, which is one thing that we've always questioned about certain rappers. One line is like how it's like talking something like older than my how. The one where he's like, "You're older than me, but behind me, or some shit." Oh no, no! I think he said, "You're you're older than the than the label boss you're running behind, basically. Yeah. And you're not even top five talent wise in your own crew, yeah, like, right? And like and like that's that's those are fighting words right there. Like, now many many people would say that Pusha T is the best rapper in good music, but for him to say that he's not, you know, yeah. now you're questioning his pen, which is more fighting words you're adding, right? Yeah, but like, then Pusha T kind of hit him with the juggler talking about, you know. The baby mom is a porn store, and how you're hiding the kids. I never knew about this. Like this is stuff that no one really knew about. And then just to add the extra nail in the coffin when you brought forty into it and stuff yeah. like that. Now you're just like you're you're stirring the pot well, now at this point. It, it, like from the outside looking in, it looked like Drake was pointing at more of like Pusha T's um, lack of success career wise compared to Drake. Right, and that's like, something he has on them too because yeah. like at the end of the day, like Drake has become like a like a, a success in the music industry, whereas Pusha has had label issues for the longest time and what have you. Yeah. So it's just like I'm surprised Drake didn't even mention that because this guy, him and his brother, were in label limbo for like four years, four or yeah. five years even. But I'm curious to see what Drake will do on his next record. Do you feel like his next record? Should be coming shortly, if anything. Um, I, 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 well, considering how that first one came out, like the day of, yeah, like he just got this. Um, like it makes you, I, I don't know, maybe he was sitting on some like material because, like, as right. you were um, alluding to earlier, that it was brewing between them that maybe, like, Drake was sitting on that malice line for a bit. Who knows? Right. You never know. I, I don't know. Not, not saying that's the case, but yeah. in terms of like, will there be another one? Um, I don't know. If, if he feels like it, sure. There you go. There you go, it's man. Like, the way I see it, like, like he said in the, even in the diss track, he's in album mode. I think maybe he's right now thinking, Drake's the type of guy probably would think, you know, if I just make a bunch of radio hits, then mm-hmm. I could drown you out. Could be, could be, you know, but let's be, like, because I remember something similar with like the whole when the whole Fifty Cent and Rick Ross thing went down. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember thinking like with the whole when Fifty brought out 
Rick Ross's baby mom. Yeah. Talk about, you know, Officer Ricky. Right. <laughs> I remember shit. that. Officer Ricky, that was just and crazy. And I was thinking, like, how's Rick? And, you know, Rick, didn't, Rick never responded, really. Rick never responded. 15. Right. He came out with BMF. He came out with, yeah. you know... No one really cared, to be honest. Like, they just wanted to hear a hot music. Like, that beef was really a beef. It was just, like, prank versus prank in a sense, right? Like, there was no, like, but lyrical I, I, words I don't know. I felt like 50 was going for to try to assassinate his rapping character, Rick Ross's rapping character. I mean, yeah, he was trying, but, like, at the end of the day, like, no one right. really cared. Well, because that, that's because Rick Ross came out with just bangers. And yeah. And just came out with that Florida trap, like, you know. Exactly. Like, I feel like at the end of the day, like, as long as you come out with good music, no pun intended, that, like, people are, are going to, like, are going to bump regardless. I think the only person who... Just crash and burn after a beef really was Ja Rule, and he kind of got crash and burned in the worst way, basically. Yeah. Uh, but nonetheless, ladies and gentlemen, what do you guys think? Um, who is up in the series right now? Is it Drake? Is it Pusha T? Did Pusha T go too far with his diss records? Does Drake need to respond immediately? What's really happening right now? Either way, hit me up on Twitter or on social media in general at Cool Radio CC and share your thoughts. Uh, we're about to get into the wanks of the week right now. I've been meaning to drop this for a minute. So with that being said, <clears throat> who has entered the shallow walls of the Hall of Shame this week? Who has been crowned the captain of Kunui this week? Ladies and gentlemen, it is time for Wankster of the Week. It's funny because we were just talking about 50 as well. But anyways, I digress. This week's Wankster of the Week goes to none other than not-so-funny sitcom actress Roseanne Barnes, okay? I don't know if it's Barr or Barnes. Either way, whatever. She's a Wankster of the Week. Basically, she's getting the Wankster of the Week because of a Twitter joke that didn't go over so well. So basically, she uh, threw shots at a particular person who used to work under President Obama, under the Obama administration when he was president. And it was a person of color. And she referred to that woman's appearance as looking somewhat of an ape, basically. Now, as we all know, when it comes to black people, uh, the comparisons between blacks and primates are a stereotype that has been used throughout centuries to dehumanize black people and to make them feel like they're less than human, basically. So this joke, quote-unquote joke, I should say, uh, did not go over so well on Twitter, and she was lambasted for it, and rightfully so. So much to the point that the one of the higher ups at, at ABC, I can't remember what their uh, position was, but definitely one of the higher ups over there, who was also coincidentally a black woman, decided to not fire Roseanne, but basically cancel her show. So technically, she was fired, so she's out of job right now, unless if someone else picks up the show. But essentially, she says, "Yeah, like what you said does not match what we stand for here at ABC, and therefore you're getting canceled." Which was exactly the right move to do because at the end of the day, you have a large corporation like ABC that is owned by another larger corporation in Disney that has a lot of people buying into their products because of the amount of people of color that are buying into it. I mean, you look at ABC on its own. You have Blackish. You have, uh, what's that other show? Uh, uh, Born, no, Fresh Off the Boat. Fresh Off the Boat with, with the Asian family. You have the NBA Finals that broadcast exclusively on ABC. And then you also have some of its Netflix properties like Luke Cage, for example, which is owned by, by ABC. And then when we're talking to a larger conglomerate like, like Disney, now we're going into the Marvel territories. I mean, the biggest movie of the year so far in terms of popularity has been Black Panther. So obviously ABC and Disney and all its properties 
are concerned that something like this is going to create backlash, and rightfully so. And at the end of the day, they don't stand for that. So Roseanne, um, she's always, from what I've noticed, especially within the last few years, she's always been someone who's trying to gain shock value by doing the most stupidest things imaginable. And this time it didn't go over so well. And me, for once, I don't feel sorry. B, I was never really into the Roseanne TV show back in the 90s anyway. And C... This is when nostalgia goes wrong because now you're seeing your heroes for what they really are. And it's nothing more than racist bigots who probably use the Confederate flag as a blanket when they go to bed at night. So on that note, Roseanne Barnes, you are getting the wankster of the week. Do you deserve this wankster of the week? Of course you do. I'm going to drop on you just like this. Forty, your thoughts on that? What more needs to be said? I think you summed it up pretty much. You a wankster, girl. Uh And and beyond that, it's just like... It just goes to show, man. Fucking social media. You tweet one thing, and motherfuckers get at you. Mm -hmm. And... um, Not condoning what she did at all. Right. What she said at all. To be honest, I... I, I only just heard about it like yesterday. I think. Right, right. It's it was pretty recent. I think it happened on either Wednesday or Thursday. I don't even, like and really you summed it up more. I I never really heard what happened until you um, had discussed it. But, right. Uh, especially in today, I think also. What does it say? Like, I she makes a tweet which many people would say has racial connotations. Mm-hmm. But in an environment in today where, you know, the president of the U.S., who just dropped some stupid tariffs on us lovely Canucks north of the border, Mm -hmm. um, you know, will make some brash tweets as well. Yep. You know, and it it just shows the type of environment we're in where, you know, people love to speak their minds without ever, you know, really exercising. Filtering. Exactly. And filtering them at all and it's just it's it's just uh it's just unfortunate really it is i, I look at it, it was just like you know, we, we live in this world people are so eager to just get their thoughts out there without ever really thinking about the impact or weight of those thoughts and the words mm-hmm. and no it's that's and you got between uh you have unf- infamous celebrities uh, making tweets, you have presidents making tweets, you have, you know, your next, your average day, P- Joe making a tweet, and then everybody's so wanting, uh, wanting to offer their two cents. Mm-hmm. Just pissing away in the piggy bank. There, there you go, man. There you go. And, uh, and it's, like I said, it's just so unfortunate. That's why me, you know, funny, I, I do music and all, and social media, but I don't really tweet much. Right. Um, but the only thing I like to tweet is just anything related to my music or if I'm watching a good sport. Right, right, right. Speaking of speaking of social media and music and all that good stuff, um, where can the people find you yeah. on social media? Hit me up on IG at 40 North, mm-hmm. F-O-R-D-Y North, pretty simple. Right, right, right. Um, same Facebook, 40 North, and then... Twitter, my Twitter handle is 40ounce92. Right. F O R D Y O Z 92. Is that because we Canadian, baby? You know what There you is. go. There you go, man. Um, um, yeah, no, no, 40, man. Uh, thank you for coming through, man. It's always yeah. a pleasure. Thank you yeah. for having me. This is always fun to do. You know, I always come just talk, talk some music, talk mm-hmm. some just whatever's current, trending, whatnot. Just yeah. 
kick it with the homie. You know, we go back from the days, you know, in Tempest's basement. Shout out to Neo Tempest. Shout out to Tempest. My guy. My guy, though. (laughs) Absolutely, man. And you guys already know where you can find me on Twitter, at DM underscore cool. Or if you want to hit up the show as well, then it's Cool Radio CC on Twitter, as well as Facebook, as well as YouTube, as well as SoundCloud, and as well as Instagram as well. We will be back next week. I guess it's to be determined, but keep it locked. I will give you the updates on that. And as you already know, Cool Radio is a division of Cool Click Media and Entertainment. Reminding you each and every day that we are out here creating our own legacies. Keep it gravy and wavy. We are out of here. Peace. Yeah. Cool. 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 Yeah.